Hello, and welcome to The Courageous Journey. This is a complete relaunch for me. My name is Paula Walters, and I have been a paramedic for a little over 20 years, and I am a survivor of child abuse, um, domestic violence, sexual assault, near-fatal strangulation, um, pretty much all forms of abuse. And I have um, just, you know, I'm a national speaker and trainer. I share my story, my journey. And um, the reason why I'm relaunching is because I've found my lane. Um, and and the one of the things that I want to do with this is... So I've been working in kind of weaving in and out of lanes with domestic violence, with child abuse, you know, speaking, teaching, wanting to life coach, all of these areas and um, started a nonprofit. It's uh, just doing all kinds of things since 2015. And it's interesting because over the last couple of years, things have kind of really became clear and my focus has gotten kind of much more on point because I've realized that um, as Bessel van der Kolk says that angry people live in angry bodies. And and that was huge for me because um I was not a great person for a long time. And I just realized that, you know, over the last few years is that as I addressed my hurts, bad habits, and like all of these things from the past that like medical diagnoses, my body aches, um, all of this stuff started kind of going away and healing and my mental health has gotten better. And so like, that's what I want to do with this relaunch is I've really done some self-reflection and like life coaching is not for me. Not, not really. Like I'll come alongside and help people. I'm working with a friend on a support group, an online support group. That's, that's something that I would like to do, but to do one-on-one, I think that um, my story is something that I want to do in the speaking and training realm. Because let me tell you, I have learned that like, going through my childhood, you know, like I had, you know, my dad called me Porky and, um, I often had to hear about how great skinny blondes were and like that nobody would ever love me if I was fat and he would like squeal like a pig and he would have me, you know, I have a very vivid memory of this one particular time where he put me on the scale, ended up taken me to one of our local slaughterhouses and like told me my market weight and then was like squealing like a pig. Like he thought that was funny. And like that mental, emotional abuse that I went through is the thing like out of being like raped and almost murdered in a near fatal strangulation, like I am having more difficulties recovering from that those that mental thing from childhood being called porky and stuff like that and in like emotional neglect on like how 
that impact you. And like my dad was one of the most racist, sexist people. Like it, it just like I learned love has like consequences. Like love is conditional. Love, you know, I didn't get the the right um I don't even know what word I want to use. Like my gauge for love was not um it just was not calibrated right as a child. And so like children like me who are raised in consistent trauma and abuse, they wire for protection. Like they don't, you know, when you have healthy, loving families, you wire for connection. And so healthy relationships are easier when you become an adult. Healthy relationships are still difficult for me as a 50 year old. And like that, it like that's hard to deal with because then, you know, then as I grow up, I become, I start becoming a te- teenager where I'm very dysfunctional. Um, I started showing some signs of the trauma, like learning disabilities, struggling with friendships at school, you know, risky behavior, um, just like, I almost want to say like attaching to people too quickly, like as far as it was like, I was looking for something that was missing. I knew something was missing. And it's like, I just wanted some guy to make me feel like wanted. And, and like, that's just very hard. Um, so when I started dating, I didn't, it's like almost like I attracted to bad people because I didn't feel like I was good enough for the good people. And so I was looking for this belonging. I was feeling like something was missing and my dysfunctional meter was completely broken. Like that set me up for a lot of failures in high school. And as being a young adult, you know, I got the first person that came along, I got, you know, pregnant in my senior year of high school, got, you know, married. And, you know, I look back now and I was a lot of problems in that, in that relationship. Um, I mean, obviously he had his own, but like my, you know, I was not a great mom. I wasn't abusive in the physical aspect, but I was like emotionally um, neglectful. Um, I I mean, I was by no means a great, a great mom at all. And I own a lot of that. My son and I are very much working on a relationship now. And um, I am so proud of the man that he has become despite everything that I did. Um, and so like, I look at the kind of, person that I was and I was like trying to people please I was living in survival mode so I would like use people and just because I was living day to day just trying to survive like I couldn't think about the consequences and now as as we look as I look back and now that I'm trauma-informed and understand the impacts of trauma like you know you start looking at the prefrontal cortex being damaged in people who are you know live in childhood trauma like it alters the prefrontal cortex, which is a lot of where those decisions and, and thinking come from, but it also you know, changes the amygdala and hippocampus, which is a lot of why I started doing some of the things that I did. And I'll tell you, um, like, it was so easy for me to point tr- like bad behaviors and trauma in other people, but not being able to look in the mirror. and. Um, yeah, 
And so like I come along and I, I started dating somebody and um, in 2006 and was almost murdered. It was a near fatal strangulation. And I, and you know, it's funny because I look back at, I'm like, I, you would think that that would be rock bottom. And I was like, that was just like the beginning of the slide down to rock bottom. Um, you know, like Bessel, Bessel van der Kolk says, um, angry people live in angry bodies. Oh my gosh. Like I, when I go train and when I speak, I talk about like these tantrums that I had. Um, like I, I tell people I am an uncharged, unconvicted criminal. Like I assaulted some people. Like I vividly remember like throwing food at somebody at a Wendy's. I talk about my Bob Evan incident all the time. Like there are a lot of people probably out there in therapy because of me. And it wasn't the heart that I had. It was like that hurt person, that angry person living in an angry body. And it, it was like all that stored trauma. You know, the, the body truly does keep score. And so like learning about triggers and, you know, as I started going on, like after that near fatal strangulation in 2006, like I started getting super sick, like started racking up diagnosis after diagnosis and, you know, neurocardiogenic syncope and POTS and fibromyalgia and mastocytosis and idiopathic anaphylaxis. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on to the point where like, as I went along and you know, it was 2017 before they discovered that I had this traumatic brain injury. And then and then they were like, no, it can't be from what happened in 2006. Um, early onset dementia. I mean, like multiple things. So it wasn't really until 2019 when I ended up traveling to um, Minnesota and going to a functional neurologist where like it was kind of all put together that like, this was from a strangulation. This is from trauma. This is from all this stuff. And, it, and so since 2019, it has just been this aha moment after one after another, like eyes opening and learning about these impacts of trauma. And that it, it's been this, it's been a true struggle because the one thing that I'm realizing is like, there's not a one-stop healing place to go, you know? And I don't really think you can because every person's trauma is different. Every person's perception of trauma is different. Everybody stores it differently. Everybody deals with it differently. Um, and most people, truly, most people aren't even aware of it. Like now that I'm on the other side, like I'll tell you, I had, multiple people over the last decade. Like I've had some really good men that I have dated that like I just messed up and that like they didn't want to deal with my toxic stuff. Like they were right. I, I was toxic. Um and you know and of course I made them to be the problem. Like I had friends who you know who said like we can't be around you. Like you are an energy lead leech you are dysfunctional you are and they're right like for the longest time up until the, the you know really just the last two years I thought like well it's their loss you know it's it's them they're this how dare they say that about me they were 100% right like I, I was so dysfunctional I was so hurt and angry 
that like I couldn't, I was doing everything, reacting everything, compensating, living in survival mode. And I was doing reacting in these um, coping mechanisms, doing everything from the emotional brain. The rational brain could not even like look at things objectively to realize like I was the problem. And so that has been this thing of like getting out of fight or flight. There's no place that really treats the whole package. So you have to go like, I am a reader. I love listening to podcasts. Like I have really spent a lot of money. I have done pretty much everything holistically or through functional medicine. Um, I have done a lot of the treatments myself um, and, and kind of just learning and um, like De- dealing with my doctors from the neural connection. Um, I'll tell you, Dr. Mike Hennis and um, Dr. Eric Reese have changed my life along with Dr. Cassie Katz, who was one of the first doctors I saw. Um, and, but like learning the importance of the brain gut connection, the importance of like exercise, eating the right foods, fasting. I mean, trauma, like, you know, getting the, the connection to like, learning like everything is connected and what what an eye-opening experience to like I don't think I I am around people daily that have so much like anger and hurt and trauma that they don't that they can't see it and now I'm on the other side of this and I'm feeling this from other people and it like when they told me how toxic I was and how exhausting, I have one friend who told me that I was an energy leech. And now I 100% understand. Um, and, you know, I just, I get it. And so the whole reason I'm rebranding this and doing this is like, I'm really hoping to just kind of provide that one place of like, okay, here's all the things that I've learned. And here's some of the places where you can find that stuff. Um, I know in my first couple of episodes that I'm going to post, um, I'm bringing in my friend, Carrie Walker. She's going to like kind of put it all together about how the body stores trauma. Like I'm going to be bringing on my docs, a lot of professional parts where we can put it kind of all together. Because here's the thing. I've done counseling. You can go to counseling once a week once a month, like that gets expensive and it, and it has its place. There's medicines have its place, but like at the end of the day, you have to go and you have to really address the root. Um, I can, like, do I get anxiety and, and depression and all of that stuff? Like, do I get a lot of those symptoms? Yes. Or now? Yes, I do. And, but like, it's not, it's not, where it's rooted at. It's rooted in like the triggers, the trauma. And so like I can use, you know, meditation. I can use, you know, a cold shower to hijack some of those dopamine responses. I can stretch, breathing exercises, you know, just literally just hugging and loving on my dogs, like to in, in breathing slow. Like they're like that is how I deal with it. Not medicine. Um and that has been huge for me because that gives that space of I'm addressing it. I'm not just covering it up. <coughs> Sorry. I apologize. But 
with a cold. Um, anyways, I just think that it is so important to give this place where survivors like me come and like, it's okay to not be okay. I have tried multiple avenues that haven't worked. Like some things work well, some things don't. Things that will work for me won't work for you. Um, but I still want to be able to give like all the things that I tried, um, you know, and, and given the science behind it, giving the, the why, the how, um, because man, like I, in my journey, I have really struggled with mental health, um, suicide attempts, being angry, hurting people. Um, and I just don't want anybody else to, um, have to go through that. Here I am. I just turned 50 this year. I was not supposed to make it to this. My neurologist, um, originally like told me you won't see 50. And if you do, that was in the beginning of 2019. If you see 50, which I just turned, um, 50 this October of 2023, he said, you will not be working full time. You won't be working at all. Most likely you won't be driving. You probably won't be able to live on your own. You'll probably have to live in some type of group home. I mean, I was sick, like super, super sick. Got my paramedic kind of paused for a while. I couldn't work as a paramedic, wasn't able to drive. Um, it was horrible for a while. It was, it was really, really horrible. And um, that's when I kind of um, decided to try to commit suicide before I went out to um, Minnesota. I told those closest to me, like, I don't want to live like this. This is horrible. I feel horrible. Um, there's no life in me. And if they can't help me out there, like I, I want to die and end things when I get back. Um, and that, that was rock. Like, and, and I look back that because the right people didn't know the right, which were not from informed. They never pieces together about my past. And, um, you know, we have to look at the big picture of a person. When we have complex medical problems, when we have multiple medical diagnoses, when we have mental health, um, when we have like that big kind of um, just this big, like this big problem that people don't know why, like they're they're being put on medicine, they're going to therapy, they're doing all those things, and, and things aren't changing. I have told one of my friends, she's been on different medicines for sleep, for depression, for anxiety for like three or four years now. And I'm like, at what point are you waiting for it to work? Like she's still struggling. And I'm like, I don't understand. And that's the problem is you go into a doctor for 10 minutes, they write you a script or they up the dose or they change this. You're not addressing the root is whatever your trauma is. And we all have it. Like there's no shame in that. And that's why I'm like, you're going to hear some really bad stuff about me in this, you know, in this podcast about the kind of person I was and why I was that person. And I really want to use this podcast to kind of change the conversations from what is wrong with that person to what happened to that person. And like, how can we better support and come alongside that person? Like, we can't do the work for them. Nobody could do the work for me. Um, but man, people came along, you know, and um, nobody took the umbrella from me, but people sat with me and, and 
sat under it with me and just met me where I was, loved me how I was, and um, encouraged me. And like, that's what I'm really hoping to do with this podcast and on my social media is build this community where we can have safe conversations. We can um, put differences aside to look at like, there is no, there is no book that like, you can't go to one book, one doctor, one therapist, one anything to get the answers to heal your trauma. Like it is not something you can do once a month, once a week. You can't even do it every other day. It is work that you have to do every single day, every single moment in every decision that you make. Um, and is it hard work? Yeah, but whew, it feels so much better on the other end. Um, and not just that, but like, then you're not continuing. You know, I look back and I'm like, I, I, I have no, like I did to people what they did to me. Like my dad was my dad. I remember my grandpa, my dad had an abusive dad. And so then he became abusive because he didn't, he didn't address that. So then he becomes abusive to us. And then I look now at like how my dad's children came out and we did the same thing. And so like, I don't want it to continue. Like, I don't want to do that to my son. I don't want to do that to my grandchildren. I don't want to do that to, you know, my relationships, my friends, my coworkers. I don't want to be that person. Like my, I have some coworkers that like have some serious issues. They like deflect and cannot do stuff for nothing. They don't accept nothing. Um, and it's so frustrating. It angers me. And, and, and that is very frustrating. Um, and I apologize for my dogs barking, but they're, they're part of my life. They're part of my therapy and they're just going to be along for the ride in this journey. Um, but so this is that point where I am excited to do this, have these conversations, bring in people to help me, um, you know, put it all together. And I hope that you will join me in this. Um, we're going to be double dropping episodes this first two weeks of January in 2024. Um, and you can watch my social media and I'll have the links. Um, and if you ever feel like you're at rock bottom and you, um, feel like you can't go on, just know that you are not alone in that feeling. I've been there and that there is hope. Please don't lose hope. Um, because that, that's, you know, people ask like, why did, why did you get there? Well, because I had no hope. Like I lost hope. Um, and, and I'm telling you, if I had to go through the first, you know, 50 years of my life to be able to be here now at this, at this point, even if I only get to live, you know, through 2024, I mean, even if I die tomorrow, like what I feel now it, it was all worth it because like there is freedom in this. There is happiness. Like I'm not even going to say happiness. There is joy and peace. Like I, from, for me, my faith is a big part. I believe every survivor has that right to use whatever means they have for their therapy, for their belonging, for their believing. And um, I've had a 
doctor, you know, some, a few um, doctors say like, we, we don't know why you're alive. Like why you didn't die that night. And, um, and why I didn't die when I tried to commit suicide. I look, I took the lethal dose of Ambien, um, just had the right person and, you know, intersect and, um, was given the right stuff to be able to live through that. But like, I, it has made me strong in my faith. And, um, that is a big part of my, my, my journey. And I believe we all have purpose in it. And, and this is mine. Like I, it's not just happiness. Um, it's joy and, and peace and gratitude and those things. And I am so grateful for those, um, because it's way better than feeling fear and anxiety and uneasiness and hate and anger. Um, I lived in those for a lot of, and, um, I think everybody deserves to have freedom and, you know, um, you heard my dogs barking. I, have four dogs and um I'm 50 years old and I'm I'm for the first time in my life feeling connections. I, I love those girls. Um I hug them and I didn't know that you could feel that. Um I'm I'm imagining that that's what people feel like when they hug their spouse or hold their child for the first time or grandparents that hold their you know grandchildren. Um I think that when you are raised in trauma, you don't get wired for connection and you just have those very superficial feelings. And sometimes I think that you say that you love them and you say those things, not actually being able to truly feel it. You just think that you feel it. And, um, wow, it really is a very, um, it's just a whole different feeling. So thank you for coming along on this. I hope that you'll join us in the rest of the conversations of the courageous journey um it's going to be a wild ride it's um going to be traumatizing at times and there'll be warnings about that um but it's going to be a very um learning experience so thank you for joining me you guys it is january 1st 2024 make this a good year there are all kinds of possibilities there is hope and um, go out and hug somebody because I there's a lot of anger out in the world and there's just a lot of people who just need to know that it's okay to not be okay and that they are loved and um, some people that just just need that because um, be nice be kind you never know what person is um, only one bad thing away from just giving up hope so from Paula Walters this is the courageous journey episode one season one. Have a great day and be blessed.